Well, it looks like we're back. I could probably stop saying, you know, it looks like we're back because I have a feeling you guys will be back. And because I love talking to you guys. So here we are again um, from my bedroom. And it's just you, me, and the vulnerability that I'm going to lay out on the table for you. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about your can'ts. Now, what do I mean by your can'ts? I want you guys to sit for like a second and think about the first time someone told you you couldn't do something. And I'm not talking about when you were a kid and your mom or dad told you you couldn't steal candy from a candy store. I'm talking about the time someone said you can't do that. Or I can't do that. When was your first I can't, you can't moment? Now, I'd love to give you guys, like, the moment of silence, but, like, just ponder on it while we go through this, okay? Um, I am going to go ahead and give you guys the trigger warnings now. Um, we're going to talk about some pretty harsh stuff. Um, it could be very triggering for some people, uh, and this could stir up a lot of feelings for people. It could potentially just re-trigger some people. Because we are going to discuss things that have to do with sexual assault, um, childhood trauma, and things of that nature. So if you feel like those things are going to trigger you, this is your warning. And if you need to turn it off, turn it off. Um, I hope that you won't. Because by the end of this episode, just know that I'll still be here with you. And we will grow through this experience together. So... It's like that old hip-hop song. I can't, like, for some reason, my brain is just blanking. He's like, let's take it way back. Way back. So that's what we're doing right now is we're taking it way back. So my first I can't or you can't was told to me by another adult that this happened because I was too young. Um, my parents got divorced when I was two. Um, and... They fought for custody of me until I was six. So that was a long time. I imagine they were both exhausted by the end. Um, but either way, it was said to me that this person, that a parent said to me, not to me, but about me, she will never amount to anything if she lives with you. So that was my first I can't. And the way my life chose to become a series of unfortunate events, that statement could have very well been true. I was like a stone's throw away from that being true. That was my first I can't. My next I can't was you can't go to school today because I need to do take care of things and I need you to watch your brother and sister. I don't even think I was 10 years old at the time. Um... My next I can't came when I was 14 and my mom looked me in my face and she said, you can't leave me hanging. You can't do this to me. You have to go do this, okay? You can't leave me high and dry. And that was when she handed me over to a grown-ass man 
um, and sex trafficked me when I was 14 years old. That I can't or you can't. After that came the you can't heal from that. And then the next I can't was you can't or you never will graduate high school. When I tell you guys that we are going to grow through this together, I mean that wholeheartedly. Um, after high school came the, you can't go to college. You might as well scrap the whole thing. The next was, you can't be successful and you can't have a fulfilling life. The next was, you can't just outgrow where you came from. And the one that, that was the most recent was, you can't travel the world, you can't do all of these things. I felt for a long time like I was in Finding Nemo when he says, you think you can do these things, but you just can't. So now that I'm older, we're going to walk back those you can'ts. The first you can't, she'll never amount to anything if she stays with you. Now my life pushed me in directions to where I shouldn't be this version of myself telling you guys this story. This version of me should not exist. Maybe she didn't. And that version wasn't supposed to amount to anything. Maybe that version of me was supposed to succumb to my circumstances. But I didn't. So without even realizing it, because I was so young when this happened, I still chose to say that that I can't or you can't will become an I will. The next I can't, well, that one I had a little less control over. I didn't go to school for umpteen years because I was watching my brother and my sister. And it's never something that I've ever regretted because I love them to the ends of the earth. Um, and I saw that my mom, who was just in the thralls of addiction, couldn't handle taking care of children and handling her addiction. <laughs> so... I'm giving this to you guys like as raw as possible. So I hope that you guys have stuck around this long. It's only been seven minutes <laughs> and I'm choking back the tears. So please know that by the end of this episode, we will have grown together. I promise. So I stayed home. I missed all of seventh grade and I missed all of 10th grade. With the exception of like a day here, a day there, things like that. Enough to avoid like a truancy officer coming to my house. But it really wasn't anything that could be helped at the time. Um, because those kids needed someone to take care of them. And their bus arrived a lot later than um, mine did. And so it was either, Holly, you get on the bus and take care of yourself... Or you take care of these two little kids that aren't yours. I chose the latter. 
And I'm so grateful that I did that because that I can't was not in my control. My mom said, you can't go to school. I got to take care of some things. Well, that was my mom. So what was I supposed to do? I, I said, okay, this I can't, I will accept. And back then, that was an I can't that I really couldn't fight. That was an I can't that I could have gone to school. I could have. But I chose, I chose to be selfless. And I chose to be there for those two kids. And, and I love them, you know. I, I love my brother and sister so much, too. So it's kind of just one of those things where it was a no-brainer for me to be selfless. And I kind of grew into that as an adult. Um, so that I can't was almost unavoidable. That you can't was pretty much set in stone. Now the next I can't might be the most physically painful one. Or mentally painful one. Or the one that I worked really, really hard to get over. Um... When my mother looked me in my face and said, you can't leave me high and dry. Well, I was doing nothing of the sort because she wasn't high. She was trying to get high. And the only currency she had was her 14-year-old daughter. So that I can't was almost unavoidable too. So, <laughs> I took the hand of a grown man and went into an apartment building that I had never been into before. And was there for three days. And I'm not going to regale you guys with all of the details of what trafficking entails and what happens to you there. Um, but it's exactly like your picture. It's dark. It's scary. It's foreign. It's not consensual and it's a dirty mattress on the floor and there's smells that you will never be able to forget and there's parts of you that you feel like you've lost and there's parts of you that you feel like will always be damaged goods but the I can't that came after that was that's something you can't heal from bullshit Bullshit. I have made peace with that part of my life. Does it still choke me up every now and again? That I lost three days of my life to four different men without my consent. And that I was 14 years old. And it was one of the most awful experiences of my life. Absolutely. But I think that I turned that experience into something that I knew I could heal from. Because my mom's addiction kind of took precedent at the time. So I just felt like I was doing what I was supposed to. But the I can't heal from that is the biggest load of bullshit that I have ever heard in my life. And if you are listening to this and you've made it this far. And you think that I'm just rambling on about my complaints or things that I've been through. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I sit here on the other end of this mic talking to you guys like your family, but my chosen family. 
And I'm telling you that when someone told me I can't heal from that, I said, watch me. I compartmentalized for a while. I tried to put it out of my mind. Did I look at my mom differently afterwards? Yeah. Was my life different afterwards? Yeah. Was I uncomfortable with men for a while afterwards? Yeah. But the one thing I know that I did do was I did heal. Was I a victim of sexual assault? Yes. But I grew into a survivor of sexual assault. So if you are listening to this now and you have been a victim of sexual assault, a survivor of sexual assault, I encourage you to, if you want to speak out, if you want to message me about it, you want to talk about your healing journey that got you there, please understand that there is life after sexual assault. So that you can't heal from that is absolute bullshit. You will heal from it. It will get better and there is life after. You guys are like my chosen family, I feel like. So I feel like it's okay that I share this stuff with you. And I let you see this part of my life. Um, so moving on. I had missed so much school, right? Because of that other I can't or you won't or you can't do this. That I was told I can't graduate high school. And I said, watch me. Now in the first episode, you guys heard me talk about everything I had to do to get through high school. And I did it. Because the biggest thing is, is that I said, watch me. I will do this. And it wasn't just about me. It was about making sure that people understood to stop telling me I can't. And that happened when I was about 16 or 17 years old. Was I said, no, stop telling me that I can't do this. That's not something I want to hear and that doesn't exist in my vocabulary. So after high school came the, you can't or you won't go to college. I believe the words that were used to me numerous times were, College would be a long shot for you. Um, you might as well go to trade school. Mm, maybe see if there's like a program or something you could get into. And you know what I said? Watch me. That I can't became I will. And I will do it to the best of my ability. All three times. Was it hard? Yes. Was it long sleepless nights was it all-nighters was it going to class with people that I was already older than was it choosing to pay all of the loans and sign those promissory notes for massive amounts of student loans yes but I got my degree in political science and then I was not fulfilled with political science and people said well you can't go back you can't do it again the fuck I can't. Why would you ever tell me that I can't? Look back on the list of all of the I can'ts that I already overcame. I will go back and I will do it again. So on my own dime, I went back and I started studying psychology. Um, and I started really diving into my education to the point where I genuinely felt like this is where I'm meant to be. I'm meant to share this with the world, but I am meant to understand it too. 
I need to understand it before I share it. And if that makes sense, you know. Um, so I got another degree. And they said, well, you can't get a bachelor's and a master's. Holly, come on. This is a bit overzealous. This is a bit, it's a bit much. Maybe you should scale back your hopes and dreams a little bit. Because, you know, given where you came from. Given where I came from is all the fuel that I needed to say, I will. Watch me. So I did. I got my first degree in political science, the next in psychology, and then a master's. And I went on to do all of this on my own dime. Sure, did I get a little bit of that financial aid because I was in the foster system? Sism? Sism? Who am I? The sism? Yeah, um, I was in the foster system and, you know, my skin's a little tinted. So, like, I was able to get access to, like, certain grants and certain, like, scholarships and things like that, which I thought was great. And, you know, a little, a little bit goes a long way. Any dollar helps because the American education system is fucking expensive. <sighs> um, but that's a story for another day because Uncle Sam's got a lot of my money. So, associates, bachelors, masters, I did them all three by myself. All on my own dime. I didn't have anybody to help me. I didn't have anybody to back me up on that. You know, I've had, like, friends and, like, certain family members say, you know, good job or good for you. But the first time I heard I'm proud of you, I think I was probably in my late 20s. So I just was fueled by the you can'ts. I was fueled by them. And then came the you can't be successful and fulfilled. Like that, the two don't go hand in hand. Well, here's the way I look at that. Who the fuck are you to measure success? What does success look like to you? Does success look like the money in your bank account? Does success look like... All the cars you own, all of the monetary possession, possess, but Jesus, you guys, I got extremely vulnerable with you guys. And now I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. um, anyway, um, I just like look at people sometimes and I think, where do you get the audacity to, ah, Jesus, it's happening all over again. Where do you get the audacity to think that you can tell me that I don't deserve those things or I can't have them? Because... You can best believe if I want it, I will have it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying, you know, like, you can't have that, so go steal it. That's not what I'm saying. Like, no, I'm not out here encouraging you guys to be criminals. Um, but if someone is out there telling you you can't be successful or be fulfilled... It means that they either feel that way about themselves or they do not believe in you. And if they don't believe in you, you do not need them in your life. I have dealt with a series of non-believers. Now I sound like I'm in a cult. But anyway, the more people doubt you is the more that you need that as gas to your fire. Your can'ts. The you can'ts, the you won'ts, the you will nevers, I bet you won't, turn them into yes the fuck I will. 
All of my I can'ts will turn into I wills. Past, present, and future. And I mean that wholeheartedly because once you start to become self-aware of the things that you've been told you can't do, you start to recognize all the things you want to do in spite of those I can'ts. In spite of those I can'ts, you start to think to yourself, well, why can't I? Then it becomes a why can't I? Why can't I have that? Why can't I live there? Why can't I feel success? Why can't I feel fulfilled? Why can't I heal from this? Who is the judge, jury, and executioner on all of those things? No one but you. You are in control of all of those things. Sure, some of your you can'ts are a little out of your control, like some of the ones I explained to you guys earlier about my childhood. Some of those you can'ts, they're not, they're not in your control, but they will be one day. And if you are listening to this now and you're thinking to yourself, well, I always said I couldn't do that or they said I couldn't do that or I can't go on that trip. I can't take that class. I can't do that. I can't leave that man. I can't do that. Yes, you can. You can go on that trip. You can take that class. You can leave that man or woman. Whatever you decide. Um, you can do all of those things. And don't let anybody tell you different. Because I heard someone say the other day that... Or not the other day. I actually heard someone say this today. They said people think that they're not in control of their own bodies. So they're just like, oh, well, I'm in a situation. So I guess I'll just die. Um, no, you're in control. You're in control. You're in the driver's seat. Now the question is... Is your I will... Driving or is your I can't driving? You have to decide which driver is driving the vehicle of your life. The next I can't that I decided that I could do was travel the world. Now, growing up, growing up, Jesus. I don't know if you guys are still listening to me or if you've figured out that, like, I can't speak properly. We'll get there. So, work in progress. Um... The thing is, is that when I got my first passport, I was so overwhelmed with like emotion because growing up the way I grew up, I always thought you can't have a passport because you're never going to go anywhere. So when I got my passport, first of all, the lady told me I couldn't smile. Um, and so I didn't smile. She then told me that I couldn't look at her, which, I'm, you know, it states that all in the rules and everything. I'm not knocking them. But not only did I look off screen, basically, but not smile, um, I honest to God think that my passport picture could easily end up on RateMyMugShot.com. <laughs> and I may win the Rate My Mugshot contest because that picture is, oh God, God awful, okay? And... Yeah, I legit, I just looked very unfortunate looking. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. It was just very unfortunate looking. Um, but I've seen some of the most beautiful places. I've stood in front of some of the most beautiful architecture and the most historic buildings and places with history 
places with culture, places with just vast, just amazingness. And I've stood in awe and I've cried in just about every single place that you can think of. Well, not every single place, okay? Like, I'm not, I'm not a billionaire. Again, I'm filming this from my bedroom, okay? Um, so, but I've seen some of the most beautiful sights that anyone could see. And I have stood there and I have thought so hard about how I grew up. And all the I can'ts that I was told and all the you won't or you will never or don't even think about it. And I've stood there in these places just in awe of how resilient I was to make all that shit happen. Despite what anybody said I wasn't capable of doing. And I have stood at the footsteps of the Eiffel Tower and I remember I got it was during COVID um well they still had travel restrictions it wasn't like during COVID don't fucking cancel me already but it was it was during travel restrictions so it was kind of like fenced off but I stood near the fence and I remember looking up at it and some people could be listening to this and think ugh Paris average trip coming from where I came from that's another thing when people say you can't forget where you came from I didn't but where I came from is not where I'm going and I've never ever forgot where I came from because it pours gas on my fire every time I need to be reminded that I have to keep going but I remember standing in front of this fence and I looked up at this amazing statue and I thought to myself this can't be real you didn't deserve this, Holly. How did you get here? What did you do in your life to deserve this? And you know what? I was deserving of nothing, but I pushed myself as hard as I could to make sure that I could have experiences and, and be this person who overcame a lot. And I don't want to stand here or sit here in my bed and pretend to be on this fake soapbox with you guys and say, if I can do it, so can you. I don't know if that was supposed to be like JFK or Uncle Sam or what kind of voice that was, but it was something. It gave you guys a little razzle-dazzle. But what I am saying is, is that I never thought I was deserving of those things, but... The truth is, we're not deserving of a lot of things. It's about whether or not you go out and you grab what you want by the fucking balls. Every time someone has told you you can't, start collecting them. Start collecting the I can'ts. And just put them in a box, a mental box. Put them in the filing cabinet in your brain. Put them in a bag. Put them wherever. Write them down. I started writing some of my I can'ts down and it actually started to help me a lot because I would sometimes go back to the list and I'd be like, oh shit, 2016, I said I couldn't do this. I did. Oh, I said I couldn't do that. I did. Um, and I genuinely will tell you that when you start realizing that your, your can'ts will become your wills, it changes the game. Everything changes. Because 
this version of me, this healed version of me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not completely all well-rounded and put together, okay? I am not. I'm just like you, and I'm sharing my path to healing in the hopes that it will help you. I am not completely well put together and all of those other things. And I'm like, you don't just like, my therapist told me this once, you don't graduate therapy, but you learn to get better at things. Life doesn't get easier. You get stronger, right? So I started to get fueled by my I can'ts. And I started to think about all of the things that have been said to me over the years or done to me over the years. And I just started collecting them. Oh, I can't do that? Okay, great. Bet. Thanks. I don't even like really saying bet, but at the same time, you get what I'm saying. <sighs> I gotta speak the language of the kids sometimes, you know? Like, this is what all the cool kids are saying. Is, uh, I bet. But no. For real, though, I started collecting them. And I started going back over my life. And I started thinking about all the I can'ts or the you won'ts, everything. And I said this like five minutes ago, but I repeat myself a lot. My friends would love to tell you about how I have repeat myself a lot. But fuel yourself with all of the self, all of the doubt that everyone has in you. And say, okay, you got it. No problem. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Because... It needs to be my choice, not your suggestion. Everyone suggested that I couldn't do any of the things that I've done. It became my choice to do them. This version of me shouldn't exist. This version that is speaking to you now and talking to you guys and trying to share these vulnerable moments of my life, I shouldn't exist. That whole, she'll amount to nothing if she ends up with you. Um, back then, that might have been true because I really shouldn't be here. I should be leading a completely different life. And I'm not. I'm leading a life where I get to talk to you guys about the journey that I went on to heal myself, to get right with myself, to get right with the past, to make myself better. And I have a tattoo on my forearm and it says outlier I had never really heard that term before um, until a friend started calling me that and I didn't really understand it and he explained to me that statistically I was I was basically born a statistic now here's the thing I failed statistics twice okay yes I did specialize in um, psychology and trauma and behavior and all of these other things but um, they make you take statistics classes and I wasn't very good at them. But that being said, I was born a statistic. All the, she should be this, she should be that, she should be over here, not over there. I chose to say no thank you to all of that. And I decided to make this life what I wanted to make it. So I've chosen to take all of those can'ts and turn them into I wills. And when you turn yourself into an I will or a watch me or if you want to say it, all right, bet. If you want to go ahead and, 
and go that route and say that about yourself and collect your you can'ts as energy and fuel, just know that you will become the outlier. So I got that tattoo of a word that I didn't really understand on my arm to remind me every single day of everything that I have ever been through and to know that I made it out the other side an even better person than I imagined. And if I can do that, so can you. So I encourage you guys to head over to my Instagram um, or you can email me, whatever you guys prefer. And if you feel comfortable sharing your you can't stories with me, I would love to hear them. Because I have a lot of friends who they don't necessarily understand my childhood. They just understand that I went through it. But my childhood will never be the excuse of why I can't do something. So if you are in a situation or you feel yourself being pulled to the you can't direction, push back. Swim the other way. Go the other way. And say, I will. If someone looks you in your face right now and says, hey, you can't lift that weight. You could either say, maybe not yet, or maybe not today, or you could say, watch me, depending on where you're at. That's just the example that came to mind. But if we start looking at all of these, bet you can't do it, bet you won't do it, you can't do it, and you start collecting them, it's just more gas to your fire, baby. And I want you guys to light that fire as big as you can. Make it like a fucking Viking funeral. And gas that thing the fuck up. Because you deserve that. You deserve more than the you can'ts. You deserve more than the I can't do it. Maybe maybe I'll try another time. Another time is now. So your can'ts need to become wills. And you will do it. Not because I'm yelling it to you and telling you you have to. But because you owe yourself. And also stop believing people that doubt you. Fuck people who doubt you. I've had so many people doubt me in my life that I'm like, no, thank you. Go fuck yourself. Like, no, that's not going to happen. So I leave you with this today. Someone can suggest that you can't. But as long as it is your choice, you will. I love you guys so much. As always, the typical podcaster speech, like, follow, share, leave me a review. Somebody left me a really sweet one like last week and I loved it. So that was wonderful. But I love you guys so, so, so much. Um, and I hope that my story empowers you to make the choice to say I will and not I can't. Love you guys. I'll see you next Sunday.